Man, I've been redecorating my studio and stuff, and I'm trying to uh-huh. find some comfortable furniture for this place just for people to, you know, maybe sit on and all that. And I'm kind of thinking about something that could save some space and still have some comfortable seating, and I'm kind of looking at okay. some love seats, but I'm kind of worried that I won't be able to handle that level of commitment. You know, love seat? That sounds pretty serious. What if it, I'm not that into it? Yeah, it does, yeah. What would you be looking for? Maybe like just like a like a hangout seat? Yeah, like like a, a, maybe like a, a like seat, you know? Like okay. Maybe I can go on Wayfair like or something seat. and find a, a like seat, you know? It's just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. Or You know what? <laughs> yeah. You know what would be even better? What about a, a just fooling around seat, you know? <laughs> just benefits only. I'm just fucking this couch. We're not getting <laughs> yeah, any sort a, of commitment. I, I'm just fucking this seat. That's more you know what, what I'm after, I think. I'll tell you what, nothing more sad than when you see a love seat out on the curb. You know it didn't work out? The thrill is gone, baby. The thrill is gone. Trouble in paradise, right? (laughs) This love seat has turned into a hate seat. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) The mattress has gone cold. Y'all get ready for a lot more furniture talk today. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're going to have plenty of that on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the podcast with me and him on it. That's That's right. right. I'm him. Uh Uh-huh. And that would be me, (laughs) otherwise known as your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And And I'm Hollywood Steve. Hey, everybody. he is. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the more normal movies that has ever been made. We're talking about... Deathbed, the bed yeah. that eots aren't. Listen, we? I'm gonna spoiler alert and say if you only know uh Deathbed the bed that eots um from <laughs> the the Paul t- the the Patton Oswalt joke, um, and you haven't actually seen it and you think we're gonna talk today about a silly bed that chomps on people. Well, we are gonna talk about that. But also, this movie's really good. Go watch it. Go watch <laughs> yeah. it. It's so fucking good. It is actually really good. <laughs> we might be like the only podcast ever in history that's a couple yeah. dudes being like, man, that was sick. Deathbed's awesome. Dude, <laughs> I did so much research for this movie. I fucking loved it. Like, <laughs> It's I, really I, good. <laughs> yeah. it's. I Listen, we do this sometimes where, and it oftentimes is a Patreon pick. Thank you, yeah. John Latour. Uh, this oh, book, this is John's pick? Yes, this movie has no. been in the bowl Hell for so yeah. fucking long. And I did a behind-the-back pick. Just fucking reached in, pulled it out there. It was beautiful. I am so happy we got to do this because, man, I just, like, I got way into this Hell and really, yes, like, dude. researched it and had so much fun. So, yes, if you're if you're looking for a podcast that's going to take this movie seriously. We're going to take it seriously, but also a dude has skeleton hands, so we're still going to be <laughs> laughing about it. <laughs> dude, I'll tell you too, knowing that this was John's pick, it's like, this isn't so much of a Patreon pick as it is a John Latour de Force is what it is, you know? It's <laughs> yes, a Latour it de Force. A Latour de Force. Fuck yes, Man, <laughs> if they don't use that in the Latour household, they should start <laughs> using that. I hope that they do. Especially in their wrestling promos. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm yeah. a tour de force, brother. 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great pick. We'll we'll get right on to the movie review uh, later on. If you want to get straight on to when we start talking about the flick, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But for that, we're going to do our usual shit shooting and all that. It's a regular shit shooting gallery That's up right. in this motherfucker. You know? Yes, it is. I hope this is somebody's first episode. That would be a wild time. That would be a wild time. I also hope that uh, nobody brought their shit collection. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because everybody's going to be shooting it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm just saying, don't take your antique shit anywhere. Keep it on. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. (laughs) I've had a pretty good week. It's been fucking busy. I've been uh, cranking out a bunch of tunes. I've been manufacturing the Inspirato, keeping on that grind, and cranking out some fucking big riffs, dude. Here's the thing. Oh, yeah. If you don't have the fucking riffs, you don't have fucking shit. That's the truth. Wow, dude, you you just got yourself a fucking motto right there, buddy. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. That, that's mm-hmm. the Ben Eller shirt right there. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, fucking smoke dope and mash rope. If you ain't got yeah. riffs, you ain't got shit. That's just how it yes. is, man. Uh huh. That's right. Yep. So I've been uh, cranking out a lot of tunes and stuff, enjoying some uh, very nice weather here in Tennessee. How things been oh, yeah. over in the land of ports over there, dude? Who, buddy? We um. We had we had some real nice weather, uh, which was was hot, uh, and now we have some real nice weather because uh, it's not hot. <laughs> you know when you have that phase where it's hot and you're like, oh, I wish it wasn't. Well, it, it's nice again. Um, but we on uh, on a day that it was like in the 80s, we decided to go to the beach, um, and Boy. we knew we were probably probably weren't going to be swimming because it's the Pacific Ocean and it's uh, you know May. Um, but we, we just wanted to get to the beach, see the ocean, you know, get out. Uh, so we went see to Cannon Beach. the specific beach. ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, uh, yes, this specific ocean. We wanted, mm-hmm. we didn't want any old random ocean. We had no. one in mind, yeah. So <laughs> we went to Cannon Beach, which has been featured in um, movies such as The Goonies, Free Ooh. Willy, and Twilight. Less good. Yeah. Less good. <laughs> A bit less yeah. good, yeah. Uh, but we got there, uh, and beautiful drive, listening to metal the whole way. Been really listening to a lot of metal recently, and it's it's improving my day. Um, I'm gonna recommend you check out that newest Cattle Decapitation album. Okay. By the way, if you're if you're meddling the shit out of some stuff, that newest Cattle okay. Decap record is fucking killer. It just came out the oh, other yeah? day. Have you ever listened to them before? I have not. No. Their past two records um, have been phenomenal. I know a lot of people love their earlier stuff, but the last two, man, Death Atlas and the new one. I can't remember what the name of the new one is, but holy shit, man. They're so fucking good. Um, It's amazingly intense, brutal shit, and the vocalist kind of sounds like Death Metal Gollum at times, but he has the most, like, (laughs) in fucking sane, like elastic rubber voice I've ever heard. He can do everything with his voice. It's fucking amazing. So, yeah, put that on next time. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, beautiful drive, by the way, from Portland to Cannon Beach. You go through the mountains. Just gorgeous. We we get there. It's 58 degrees, overcast. Oh, perfect beach ooh. day. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Um, but it actually was perfect because, again, we weren't there to swim. And so 58 and overcast. There's not a lot of people on the beach. There were still, you know, a number of folks, but not a lot of people there. Um, and it was really interesting because uh that that sort of overcast gloomy feeling works perfectly with canon beach it, go go check it out 
it, uh, hmm. it's it's a real cool like you've seen the iconic gigantic whatever that thing is big rock structure it's not a structure it's the rock um, uh, you've the seen scientists it for sure. built it Steve it's a structure all right <laughs> they built yeah. it you've definitely probably seen it before so go go check out a picture but really cool, cool. and uh, then we went to a, a seafood place uh, and I got some really fucking good fish and chips. I keep trying, like, every time we go somewhere here, I'm like, oh, you got fish and chips? I got to find the best fish and chips in all of Oregon. Um, Damn. And, uh, these were pretty goddamn good. Pretty goddamn Man, good, I'll tell you, you that. You're just fixing to announce the next phase of our show, which is where we're going to change our name to Fish and Chipley, and it's just uh-huh. your favorite fish and chip review podcast. Uh-huh. Oi, it's me, Fish. <laughs> and it's me, Chipley, aren't I? <laughs> Today oh, we're discussing malt vinegar. How much? <laughs> more of it, oh, I say. More. <laughs> Fish and Chipley episodes coming out uh, every other Thursday. Just, just look for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we uh, we went to the beach, uh, had a, a fun time. It was just a gorgeous drive, and and like got to take Salem. It was a dog friendly beach, so hey, nice. it, it was fun. Really pretty. Um, other than that, man, not a ton going on. What have you been up to? Man, I've been watching a movie or two. I've been watching several movies this week. Several, several of movie. them. Okay, mm-hmm. tell me about it. Let's hear it. If I could count the number of pictures that have flickered before my flickered. eyes. Uh-huh. Flickered, I tell uh-huh. you. Because they're coming at me minimum 24 times per second in these things dude they're coming at me Holy fast shit. you know wow and i've watched how do a bunch you even register them, so. that you know what my brain processes these things at a mesmerizing rate i must brag about really? myself wow yep dude. it can assemble them into thinking that it's actually figures in motion i can fool myself Whoa. Into thinking it's real Wh- i know what it's crazy okay. dude listen we're gonna have to get into this uh, at some point, because that's very interesting to me. So <laughs> I need to have studies done on my brain. Yeah, frankly. yeah. All right, because whoa, <laughs> dude. I watched uh, VHS ninety nine this week. Awesome. Yeah. How'd you feel about it? It's pretty good, man. It's pretty like, good. It's got yeah. some pretty fun shit in there. I enjoyed oh, yeah. it pretty well. We we talked about the first VHS, I think, last year, and we were both like, man, a lot of terrible terrible rape culture stuff in that movie it's not <laughs> yeah, really good it's, so. not, it's not great but the sequels are all better they're all, all better a lot better totally well, agree man 99 maybe. has some dope shit i really uh i really like the portion in there with the people that ended up going to hell that's by the the dead space or dead stream people that was yeah. really good uh-huh. dude yeah 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 i like that a lot it, it's funny and it's also interesting like gosh yeah i th- what if you could like we've never really seen you know, you see a descent into hell, like, you know, in, in some movies, it's kind of metaphorical, basking, etc. It's an actual, like, we're in a physical place called hell, we got cameras. <laughs> yeah. I liked it, yeah. I liked it, man. I had some really fun stuff in there. And, you know, again, it's a pretty easy watch. You can put it down after any segment and pick it back up later. I liked that yeah. one a lot. Kate and I went and saw Master Gardener over at Central Cinema in Knoxville. It's a uh, huh. kind of a slow burn, kind of, I don't know semi-artsy flick it kind of reminded me a little bit of like a history of violence that kind of okay. thing okay huh all right um, i'm interested it, it's about like a guy that was like a it's like a former white supremacist that gets oh. away from that life and becomes like uh-huh. a gardener of this estate and has to care for a young person and shit uh but there's always like a lot of you know 
tension from his past bubbling at the surface. Again, it's very oh, much I like see. history of violence in that way. Okay. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a little slow, I think. Very gorgeous. Beautiful soundtrack. Holy shit, the soundtrack was so dope, man. It had some beautiful-ass guitar tone. Like, I want to know who it was oh, cool. and what they were playing, because the guitar tone was so nice on it. But that was pretty good. I think the only other thing that I watched this week was, uh, man, I watched Jackass Forever and then followed it Dude. up with Jackass 4.5, and it was a Fuck blast. Yes. Jackass Forever is a comfort movie. For me, I get, get it, it, man. Yeah. It's, it's a discomfort movie for me because <laughs> right. well, Steve yeah. gets his fucking dick covered in bees. Comfort is the okay. last thing that I'm feeling. Okay, okay yeah. And, <laughs> Holy and shit! Aaron's uh, nuts get fucking uh, oh, pogo oh, sticks to the ground. Decimated. Yeah. That's dude. That's Ugh. the most brutal thing I've ever seen. It's like so yeah. brutal that I just died laughing. It is hysterically yeah. bad. Yeah, they have mastered that uh, turn pain into humor uh, thing, and yeah, I, I really Certainly. like. Yeah, I think I talked about this a while ago, but I really like the new cast members and stuff. I had known some hell from yes YouTube and other stuff. Loiter Squad, you know, Jasper Dolphin from Loiter Squad is great in it. Like, yeah, and and the guest stars and stuff. It was all fun, just a fun time. It really was. It was fantastic. It was cool to see the old gang back together again. It was a bummer not to see Bam. And, you know, it seems like about yeah. every other day we see some headline about things getting worse and worse for Bam. Yeah. And I see people, like, fucking coming down on him and making a joke out of it and stuff. And, y'all, that's that's fucking shot, dude. That's sad. Yeah, the guy he's, is going through some addiction. stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hope that he gets better. I hope that yeah. we... Quit seeing these dark ass headlines and stuff, and hope he can help himself because he's yeah, he's brought a lot of happiness to a lot of people, man. Yeah, it's really sad sure. to see. Yeah, uh, but it was yeah, it, it really was all sucks. fucking fantastic, man. And I'll tell uh, you what, I had one realization. You're talking about the uh, the new cast members and stuff. Uh-huh. I can't remember her name. There's there's that oh, chick yeah. that's uh, in a bunch yeah, of the skits, awesome. and I guess she was uh-huh. kind of a a writer on a lot of this stuff too, mm-hmm. dude. Like all along. Since we've been watching Jackass, you know, our entire lives, basically, uh-huh. I- I've always kind of assumed the reason that there's no chicks on Jackass is because, like, well, only dudes are this stupid, you know? Mm. Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. I think the real reason is it's not as entertaining when it's a chick on Jackass because chicks are way tougher than us. And so, like, dude, when she licks that taser and doesn't even flinch. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She is a badass. For sure, yes. yeah. No, she, yes. she gets like all those bee stings in her lips and shit too. Doesn't yeah. give a fuck. The scorpion fucking stings <laughs> her on the face. She doesn't care yeah. what. So, yeah. and the thing is, is like that's just because women are really fucking tough. Whereas, well, like, I mean, that's you put dudes in these too. situations, you can't, you and, can't lump all women together. <laughs> yeah, yes, so she's tough as fuck, and w- women are culturally taught to to be tough, uh, and, and obviously are much better at handling pain than men. Uh, yes. Oftentimes, especially when they birth babies, uh, uh, but yeah. I think there's also some mental fortitude in there. Like she is definitely trying to prove herself because she's new and she's, uh, as you said, they've never had women on the show, so she's the girl. You know, she's she's proven she's a badass, and she is a badass. Holy shit, man! Yeah, no, nah, dude, yeah. no. Nah, there, there's no way in hell I could keep up with that chick. There's no fucking way. No, man. no fucking way. She was great. No, yeah, they they should have had women throughout. It, it really, you know, I I, th- I do applaud them for finally understanding that, uh, and you know, getting some actual diversity and whatnot. 
Uh, yeah. And that's cool. That's cool that they did that. And I actually like also in 4.5, like it shows all their COVID protocols and stuff. Like they were being. Oh, right. It's really yeah. cool that people who are putting a guy in a, you know, in a fucking uh, porta potty and, and <laughs> slingshotting it and covering him <laughs> in shit. We're also still like, yeah, but I don't want to get fucking COVID. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's not let's yeah. not be ridiculous here, right? Right, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I loved uh, fucking dude's dad in there, Dark Shark, that like former like LA gang member and shit. That dude yes, was Dark a Shark treasure. Is great, Dark Shark is great. They, uh, you should go if you have Peacock. You should go watch the uh, Jack uh, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn match. At oh. uh, I think it was WrestleMania last year before Jackass Four. Uh, oh, okay. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's it's a comedy match, obviously. Like, uh, but Sami Zayn makes it so good because he's he's a pro. Uh, but also, Hell, I mean, yeah. Johnny Knoxville does a pretty great job for a guy who's not got much wrestling experience. But all well, the guys get involved, like Wee Man and and Dark Shark and and Jasper are there. It's 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 cool. I mean, Johnny might not have experience in the ring, but he has plenty of experience taking bumps. That's for fucking sure. Fuck yes, he does. Yeah. Oh, there, there's definitely, like, no doubt that he, you knew he was going to be fine in the ring taking bumps, but he actually he actually pulls off some moves. That's cool. It's cool. I, awesome. I, I, it's, it's an enjoyable match. Yeah, those guys are fun, for sure. I, Fuck I've, yeah. I've definitely, like, I any time... Uh, like Anna is is kind of way into the movies because I introduced her to them and she's way into the movies and it's like if we watch Jackass it just improves the mood instantly. Yeah, you're gonna have a good time. It's fucking yeah. fantastic, man. I wonder if like if the appeal of Jackass is one of those things that will like transcend generations, or if that is like something that is only appealing to people that grew up without the internet and so we just pass the time in the summertime and all that shit with our friends by doing extremely dumb, dumb stuff <laughs> yeah like uh, no I no, if no this will I, continue to be good absolutely it will continue to be good i mean some of the people that they brought in are youtube kids just doing dumb shit i mean zach that's like, true zach's yeah. been doing dumb shit for years he's been jumping into cacti and getting kicked in the nuts for years so I think, I, yeah, I, I think people doing dumb shit is in good hands. <laughs> It'll never go out of style. It's timeless, yeah. right? <laughs> timeless, for sure. What have you been watching? Oh, man. So um, we we watched that new Dungeons & Dragons movie on, on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, uh, shit. Did you invited that satanic energy into your home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Satan was hanging out with us. Um, oh, uh, he's oh cool. how's he doing? Yeah, he's good. Oh, he's great, man. He's great. He brought over some really nice beer. It was fun. Wow. He enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been wanting to watch it. I've been kind of curious like, if it's any I, good or not, actually. I, I had fun with it. I thought it was fun. I mean, uh, I think Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez are, are have a really cool chemistry together. And like the, the way the story plays out is interesting and fun. And if you know much about D&D, I haven't really played D&D, but I know... A, a little bit about the culture as I've had some D and D roommates and watched some D and D be played. Uh, you'll see some, you know, kind of Easter egg, uh, jokes of, you know, just kind of regular things that happen in a D and D campaign. So it, it's, it's, I think interesting for the D and D crowd, but also as a person who hasn't really played D and D, uh, I very much enjoyed it. So I think it's worth checking out. Okay, cool, man. Sounds like a yeah. fun time on like a Saturday afternoon while drinking an Aperol yes. Spritz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Have a drink. Don't take it too seriously. It's fun. 
Um, nice. We also watched Resolution, which is um, a movie that I think we've maybe mentioned a couple times in the past because I, I very much enjoy it. Hmm, uh, I've not seen it. And, um, you should check it out. <laughs> you definitely should. Um, and I hadn't seen it. It was like my third or fourth time watching it, and I'm just... I don't know, man. I, I, I really enjoy it. I, I see, like... I don't know. I I know people have had trouble with the ending and try to kind of understand what's going on there, but I, mm-hmm. I really, like... I want to talk about it. It's so it's so interesting because uh, it's okay. essentially a horror movie where the the viewer is the villain. Like we're Ooh. the we're the we're the the creature. Um. So yeah, uh, fucking well worth a watch. Um, okay, also, sounds interesting. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, been watching some Batman's. Oh, Batman's on. Yeah, to gear up for the Batman uh, Hellrankers. And let me tell you, um, <laughs> Batman Forever this feels longer than you remember it. Batman and Robin. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is so good. Uh, he's great, dude. So he's fun. so good. He's good. Anybody who's mad at him for the puns, he didn't write them. He delivered them like a motherfucker, though. Um, Hell yeah, he owned them. Yes. Uh, Batman Begins yawn dark night oh man y'all i know the man can visually direct and his action scenes work so good but christopher nolan who buddy i don't know i'm telling you dude again if this is somebody's first episode and it starts with they liked deathbed and then it's like wait they also don't like the nolan batman (laughs) movies that much this is like bizarre world shit but no dude i'm totally with you i'm totally with you Like no, please the don't way shoot. that the Nolan stuff, you know, the way that the Nolan stuff like completely just sucks out anything whimsical or fun yes. or interesting or campy yes. or detective-y. Yes, there's no it's detective-y just, stuff going on. It is just billionaire stuff going on. He answers every question by throwing money at it. That's it. Yeah. It's annoying. Uh, anyway. How like life this is. <laughs> uh, so I, we needed to watch another Batman movie to continue, but I could not, I could not, physically could not do three hours of Dark Knight Rises after oh. fucking oh. <laughs> Batman Begins and Zombie Nightmare. And knowing after Dark Knight Rises, we have to watch the fucking Snyder uh, Batman movie. I, I just could do it. So we we watched Batman: The Killing Joke, uh, oh, that's which good. just reminded me. Right, this is Batman. This is Batman, and this yep. is Batman at the height of his detective powers when he gets it entirely. And what he gets, of course, is he doesn't get it. That that right. that, that basically he and J- the Joker are in no way different. Um. They, it's they such really a good just, story, dude. Yes, they, there really is no difference, but it, it's so interesting. I mean, the the thing about the Nolan Batmans is that like Batman is the problem, but I don't think the story thinks that. Like Batman <laughs> is the <laughs> issue in, in all of all of the situation. He's the problem. Um, in in the Killing Joke, it, it really is you know reflecting on, and of course, Alan Moore has said that like he he kind of sees it as a, a middle middle of the road story it's not very it's not great uh by his taste because he 
he doesn't think it's saying much. It's really just talking about Batman and the Joker. It doesn't really say much about the human condition because really the idea that, uh, you know, uh, one bad day can turn you into the Joker uh, is is scoffed even in the story. Like it's 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 kind of like no, not really though. <laughs> like that's that's just the Joker. He's he's fucked up. He's weird. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a so perfect it's, story of like an immovable object and an unstoppable force yeah, meeting together. Yeah. It's very like like there's a lot of parallels between that and like Itchy the Killer, honestly, where it's like these two uh-huh. characters that can't actually destroy each other because destroying each other would contradict their entire personality types it's really yeah. cool man that's again yeah. once again though you've said it a million times on the show dc animated gets it fucking right they always get it right man i love the dc animated stuff so it, and it's it's also fucking uh kevin conroy and mark hamill uh Fuck and, yeah it is and the barber like okay i realize people have always criticized the barbara gordon elements of the killing joke which i won't reveal yes. if, if you if you don't know the story but people have always kind of criticized that and i understand that um but i think the added criticisms that i saw uh, about s- some of the things that barbara does in that adaptation are a little silly uh, yes. <laughs> but again, I, I won't reveal. Uh, I think it's a good adaptation. Uh, I do. I do also think that you know some of the stuff was over the top. And agree. <laughs> I know yes. Alan Moore has said he would have reined it back in. So uh, I agree. Uh, but that that was uh, definitely an improvement <laughs> from the Nolan Batman's. And then uh, on on Friday night, of course, he did the last drive-in on the screaming chat over on Discord. Um, and Joe Bob showed the Mutilator. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I'm trying to remember which one that is. I think I have seen it. Which one is it? Is okay. it like a guy in a slaughterhouse or something? Oh, no, no, no. It's it's the one where they're going on a fall break. Oh, it's the one that has the song that sounds, it sounds like they say ball break, right? Yeah, ball but it's fall break. break yes. There's, they, yeah. they wrote a song about a, 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 like a, a, a college vacation period, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good that's a stupid yeah. one dude it is is dumb uh and then after that joe bob showed uh fucking possession which Jesus i Christ. haven't seen and really want to see but i'm kind of holding it off for when we do it on the show okay uh, so, i'm glad you didn't do it that way yeah, yeah because no. that movie i can't imagine watching it for the first time with like interruptions to have like talky jokey stuff right. like, that is a movie you just need to fucking Throw yourself in that kettle and right. just boil for the entire running time because it is one of the most intense movies you'll ever fucking see. Yeah. So uh, basically, we we just kind of split the chat. Some people stayed for possession, and some people watched Batman uh, or uh, Dark Knight with us, or was it Batman Begins? I can't remember. It was one of those two. Uh, we had fun. It was a fun time. Uh, nice. And then on on uh, Sunday, fuck, we watched a movie called Zombie Nightmare, which has it's like Tia Carrera's first role, and it had Adam oh. West in it. And then the oh, soundtrack shit. was like Motorhead and Girl School and all sorts um, of other fuck, not, like yeah. awesome stuff. And we were watching it on YouTube, and the YouTube upload, I guess they had had to take the music out, and the movie Aww. clearly was relying on the soundtrack because the it is like <laughs> three minutes of silence 
just oh, driving. No. Yeah, where you would be like, oh, it's a fucking rad girl school song. No, it's just silence. So that yeah, that's kind what of you're supposed to be hearing like fucking killed by death by Motorhead. It's supposed right. to be going on right there, getting you pumped exactly. up, man. But yeah, no, it. So that that kind of that kind of hurt the overall experience. But it, yeah, it, it overall wasn't good anyway. So eh, whatever. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's what I watched this week. I'll crack me a co-beer to those flickering pictures we've watched this week. I'm going to open myself up a gumball head from the folks Ooh. over at Three Floyds Brewing. This is their uh-huh. American Wheat Pale Ale, and I've had this on draft before. I don't think I've ever had it in a can, and Ooh. it's, of course, fucking fantastic because Three Floyds doesn't fuck up. Three Floyds no, ain't nothing don't. to fuck with, I'll tell you that. They don't fuck up, they ain't nothing to fuck with, and they fuck. So how about Hell that? yeah. Those are the three mm. Floyds. Yeah, that's them right there, man. Three <laughs> Floyd clan. They make such good shit, dude. Such good stuff. Yeah, you know, while do. I'm waiting on this uh, foamy head to cool down here, I'm going to tell you something that I realized this week. Uh-huh. So there's been a um, there's been like a little meme floating around the internet for the past week or so that uh-huh. was talking about how like our, our generation's greatest achievement is that you know before the internet, before social media invented, we somehow managed to spread a rumor that... Marilyn Manson had a rib removed to suck his own dick, right? Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, people don't even know how true and powerful that statement is because somehow even me as an extremely sheltered conservative Christian homeschool kid, uh-huh. that rumor reached me, and yeah. I don't know how. I have uh-huh. no idea how. It was how. pervasive. Like, it's insane. Like, There's so much shit that happened, man, just because of when we grew up pre-internet that like... I've never been able to figure this shit out. Like, I've wondered forever, like, where did Jingle Bell's Batman smells come from? What was the origin (laughs) of that, and how did it spread? Like, it's not like it was in a a movie that we all saw or something. Like, little shit like that just spread. It was in the Christmas episode of the first season of The Simpsons. Don't correct me. I'm on a roll right now. I wasn't looking for answers. I heard it before that. Right, totally, it, yeah, right? It, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it spread pretty widely after that, but it already had spread, and I don't know how. It's so weird, dude. It's so bizarre. But even me, yeah. in my little bowl cut, was like, well, why would he want to suck his own penis? Oh, that's strange. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then I prayed for him. I love your impression of young Ben. It's so accurate. I mean, I would be the one to know what he sounded exactly. like. You know? I'm one of the only the people that knew one person to ask. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, I was one of the only people that know him, so I'm kind of an authority myself. That's true. Um, this beer is fantastic, obviously. Oh, hell it's yeah. It's so fucking good, man. So good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I uh, am not drinking a beer. I'm drinking a spicy water. Ooh. It is It is seltzer water from Kroger. Well, is it seasoned it's, it's with bubbles? Um, yeah, it looks that way. Yeah. Yeah, it, looks, mm. it says here that the water has been... Carbo natied. Wow, yep. man. Yep. That's impressive. It's a foreign That's word. I, I hope bet. that person that gets the tweezers out and puts every individual bubble in them cans, I hope they get paid a good living wage. <laughs> I hope tell so you what. Too. That's that artisanal shit right there. I like, mm-hmm. I like the robot, the robots that put it in it for me. It's oh, cheaper. yeah. I get the AI to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get the AI to do it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I just <laughs> can't get enough of that. AI. <laughs> I'll tell you what I can't get enough is a bed that eats people. <laughs> I also cannot get enough of that. I'll tell you what. 
it got my mind just a racing when I started thinking about all the other items of furniture that were in my house right. and the horror movies that could become of them that were written <laughs> right. by one person if it was to occur, Steve. <laughs> right? That is the clearest transition we have ever had in this show, I think. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get on in that preview palace. How about it? Welcome to the preview palace. Mm-hmm. I want to pitch you some ideas I had about some I other articles of furniture and the consequences that they could inflict upon an unsure person that didn't know that they was possessed by a demon what was a wind that fell in love with a woman. You know how that goes. Well, you know the story of Deathbed. I mean, technically, it's not possessed by the demon. It is the offspring of the demon and that woman. That's right. Okay, that's they fair. They gave birth to that's a fair. bed baby. All right. So we, you know, we know about Deathbed, the bed that eats. But have right. you ever heard about armchair, the chair that arms you? You just sit down in the thing. And you're like, where'd this gun come from in my pocket? Whoa. Okay. And does the heavily does the chair like? Like, try to get you to use it some way, or you just got a gun now? Yeah, I think it's just kind of like, it, it's the mystery, you know? It's it's this unknowable oh, yeah, nightmare. Like, what the fuck? Where did it come from? <laughs> right, you know? what am I supposed to Who's do with it? it? Yeah, exactly. Am I on some kind of registry now? Whoa, like, it's just existential <laughs> dread. <laughs> so you just get a letter in the mail saying, yeah, we registered that gun that appeared in your hand. Okay. We know about that your gun signed the government, you know? <laughs> Creepy, know right? Got the gun. Yeah, this sounds like a libertarian horror movie. Okay, this sounds like a job for Murphy Bed, the bed that's secretly an Irish cop. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Murphy Bed. <laughs> oh, oh, Murphy Bed. That's the best sure, I got. And you better not get shot tonight while out hunting criminals. <laughs> That was a weirdly Midwestern Irishman right there. That was I'm, a little don't you know in there, I think. It's still better than mine. So who am I to be? I'm from County Kilkearney, Iowa, don't you know? <laughs> okay, I got one that's really scary, though. I think this is going to affect a lot of people, really connect. Are you ready? Okay, let's hear it. Memory foam mattress. The mattress that just won't let you forget. <laughs> You lay down on it at night, and it's like, hey, remember when you mispronounced that word during your book reading in sixth grade? You're an asshole. It just won't let you forget, dude. It's memory foam. It remembers. Wow. Yeah, that would... I mean, I could see the horror of that, because you're just... You're not going to get any sleep, right? It's just anxiety throughout the night, like constant reminders of every time you fucked up. Yeah, dude. Uh, that would drive be, you insane. Intense. Yeah. I don't know. i to tell you what the sequel is going to be about. It's going to be about, um, it's a different kind of memory foam mattress. This is one that would terrify me as a traveling man. It's a okay. mattress in, in a hotel room uh, in an out-of-town place, and you lay down on it, and just as soon as you're like moseying off to sleep, it's like, hey, guess what all happened on this bed? I'm going to tell you about everything that happened on this motel bed that you're sleeping on right now, son. Oh, no. And it tells you everything in just explicit detail. Everything. I don't want to. 
That's but, bad. That's scary. Okay, what if though you laid down on one and it was like, I got nothing, man. I'm brand new. Oh, that's nice, actually. Yeah, then it's you're like, like oh. well, wait till you tell the next guy and you just shit on the bed. Roll around <laughs> <Yeah>. in it. <laughs> Piss it off of yourself. You gotta ma- just making memories <laughs> in the memory foam mattress. Make some memories in memory foam today. What about that? <laughs> yeah, that's scary. It actually sounds like a Black Mirror episode. Make some Kinda memories does. with memory foam today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about? Are you ready for nightstand? While you sleep, it stands over you. Ooh, it just watches you all night while you sleep, Steve. The nightstand. So, but it never does anything. No, it's just kind of creepy. I mean, it's not gonna. Well, I mean, yeah, anything. it's kind of creepy the first couple nights, but after a while, maybe it's like comforting. Like, I love you, nightstand. Thanks for watching over me. Yeah, let me know if anything <laughs> weird's going on out there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess if your nightstand talked to you, then then it's a little bit weirder. If it was like, everything was safe last night. <laughs> I'm on <I'm> a nightstand. <laughs> Boner arrived early this morning, sir. Like, well, yeah. Okay, Thanks for talks, noticing. He talks a little like a, a butler. I like this now. Yeah, I he bottles. <laughs> he bottles a little bit, you know? Good morning, sir. <laughs> <laughs> While you slept, you fought it 14 times. <laughs> and I counted two how many spiders. spiders arrived in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, both went there. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> that nightstand knows you too well, man. Too well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about this? Let's go to a Victorian era horror film with some old timey furniture. Ooh. What you know about High Boy, the dresser that's full of intoxicants? <laughs> Ooh, just always okay. getting you high. You open up that high boy and just like a big old uh-huh. it just like fucking hot boxes you was what it does. It shuts you in and there's just Ooh. big old vapor clouds of smoke in there, just getting you high uh-huh. as fuck, son. And then what? The like I mean the hor- where's the hor- Oh, is the horror is it like Reefer Madness world where when you get high you like jump out a window or something? Maybe it might have to be like oh, that because okay. otherwise you'd just be like, yeah, I'm gonna go hit that high boy up. Damn, dude, yeah. you want to go see a movie? I gotta stop by the high boy first, dude. Why not? <laughs> the high. I think what the the horror there would be eventually the high boy would be like. So why don't you guys ever like just hang out with me? You know, like you just come over and smoke my high shit. And you know, <laughs> yeah, I smoke you out and you just leave. Pretty lame, guys. Yeah, she gets that awkward with the, the high boy. Yeah. yeah. Makes you feel like a jerk is what it does. That's yeah. the horror. <laughs> ah, I feel like an ass. Anyway, I'll be back <laughs> later. <laughs> Dude, I just can't talk about this right now. I'm too fucked up, man. Shit. <laughs> High boy will get you. Okay, what about what about nail bed? Ooh, it's full of fingernails. That's the tagline. Ew, a bed full of fingernails? That's disgusting. It's an interesting piece of furniture, though. The nail bed? Yeah. yeah. You, we all got one. We all got one. But this one's yeah, covered in bed. fingernails. Yeah, it's that a mattress disgusting. that's stuffed full of fingernails, Ooh. dude. Yuck, dude. That's bad. Oh. That's scary. Ooh. Yeah, it is. Oh, God. You ever act, you never, you know, like, sometimes you get a, a, a stray that just flies off when you when you go cutting your fingernails, and then Only you walk every around time barefoot. I cut my nails, yeah. Yeah, you walk around barefoot and you step on it, and you can tell it's a fingernail right away. 
You know. It's like, ooh, yuck. Oh, you definitely God, I don't know, man. Do that. Man, I got them tough ass nails, dude. It's the craziest yeah. thing. They're tough. <laughs> yeah. So they're like Ford the, tough. Yeah, I was gonna say they're they're like a, a Ford. You got a Ford nail there, huh? I pulled a trailer on them earlier. That's how heavy they are. They're <laughs> Holy tough, shit! Dude. Pulled yeah. a trailer on them, then made a, a a video in the cab of your truck about how cunt, nobody wants to work no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. nails don't want to work no more is what nails, I said. You know, <laughs> nails don't want to work no more. Nail bed two. It's full of nails. Ouch. Oh, like the other type of nail. Yeah, yeah, ten pin. Yeah, nail. okay, yeah. that's also Roofing bad. Nails. Yeah, you don't want that. That's not good. Those would hurt. Yeah, that'd be pretty yeah. scary and uncomfortable. It wouldn't last long because you just lay down on it and be like, "Oh, ouch, I'll sleep somewhere else." But sure, or you know, you know, if you distribute your weight evenly, it shouldn't really hurt. You know, the problem is, you know, getting off of it, I guess. But yeah, eh. probably <laughs> fainting couch, the ah, nervous couch. Fainting. It's a nervous. I think you you know you lay down on it, you're like man I really want to relax right now I've had a uh-huh. long day and you lay down on the fainting couch and you just hear it swoon it's like oh you're like, what what was that but the thing is is like it's a stationary object so even if it faints it yeah. can't really like it's you, not like it's like falling down notice. or something yeah, yeah. Just it is no still a couch yeah. yeah not much but horror. you're aware you're aware that you startled it. And that's, you know, okay. you know, like whenever you like, whenever you like accidentally, you know, you don't know I your see. dog's behind okay. you and you step yeah. on its foot and you startle it uh-huh. and yeah. you feel really bad. That's what you feel about yeah. for the fainting couch. Okay. The horror of that embarrassment. A lot of these are rely on embarrassment, I think. I think so. so. I might be telling a lot about myself. Like vehicle for horror, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had a good idea in there, didn't you? Yeah, the wicker chair. Oh, the wicker chair. <laughs> yeah, so the uh, the wicker fights back. It, it's tired of being burnt up with a man inside. Now they're going to burn up one wicker chair uh, inside of a, a, a flesh wicker chair. Like they're wow. just going ma- to like daisy chain humans together to make a wicker chair and then put another wicker chair on top of it. Light it off what fire. if they make a wicker chair out of the bones of the people? Oh, Ooh. man. I hope it's just as creaky. Can you imagine the fear you'd have for wicker after that? Hear the creaks right. coming? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. That's a scary one. The wicker chair. I like that. It's a, it's a vast <laughs> conspiracy that you're trapped in. A trapped within a web of wicker. <laughs> trapped within right? a web of wicker. Seriously. If 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 only Spider Man had ever had to fight Wicker Man, that it could have been interesting. <laughs> web versus web. <laughs> Didn't we do like a, a fucking various Mega Man villains thing on we the show did. recently? <laughs> we we did. do Wicker Man in there. I think it was we on the Wicker Man episode, did. actually. I, yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> anyway, and I guess for the Wicker Chair, I mean, considering that the Wicker Man was like this, uh, you know, UK folk core, I think the right. Wicker Chair would be like. Just normal rural American folk, where it's just like, ah, right. some folks. Yeah, uh-huh. pretty mundane. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing too too creepy, except you know, all their furniture is wicker. So, yeah, man, you know that house is never quiet. Oh, dude, yeah, you're not sneaking up on nobody in no wicker <laughs> chair. That's for sure, man. <laughs> no. End table, the table that will end you. Oh no! How how does it do that? <laughs> I think you just like you know you you. Um, 
you you sit down on a couch or something and you're like, oh, I need somewhere to put my drink. And you put it on the end table without a coaster. And then it's like, oh, shit, die, die, and you die. Yeah. It uses its magical die powers to kill you. Yeah, you use like die it. power. <laughs> you got me. It works. Let's do this. What if we did something that was like a very, very, you know, um, very indicative of our upbringing movie? Something that was set in the South, dude. Just full mm. of just Southern folklore and knowledge and superstition. Uh-huh. And we had a movie called Jester Drawers. The Chester. Uh, the, the dresser that's actually a man named Chester, and he's wearing drawers yeah. only. Ooh, Chester drawers. <laughs> for, all, for all y'all outside of the South, a Chester drawers is a chest of drawers. Uh, and we all, when uh, in conflict with the outside world, get embarrassed the first time we <laughs> refer to a chest of drawers as we go, Chester that drawers. Chester drawers over and then everyone's Over. like, what the fuck are you talking about? The chest I think the of full, drawers. Like, the title and tagline for the movie is going to be Chester Drawers. Somebody better call a Hearst. <laughs> a Hearst? Yes. Hearst. Somebody call a, a Hearst. <laughs> That's what my dad Man. said all the time. And I was like, I yeah. literally, like, I grew up around some Southern tomfoolery. And I was like, there is no T at the end of the word Hearst. Where did no, Hearst no, no. come from? Well, hell, we came from Talbert. They ain't a damn yeah, R in there. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just sneak extra letters in stuff. We might as well be fucking French. God damn. We pretty much are. We pretty much are French. The Southern you know, honestly, here's the thing. Like, yeah, Appalachians do with consonants what the French do with vowels. That's a That's fact. That's true. We just throw them in there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Get it in there. Chester drawers. <laughs> Chester Growing drawers. Up, we had a we had a guy that lived on the end of our street named Chester that was known throughout the entire neighborhood as Chester the Molester. But he, did did he do anything or just his name rhyme with molester? Listen, I never got near the guy because you know because <laughs> of the name, name like rhyming. that. I was like, no, nah, not for me. So <laughs> I don't you know. know. You know what? It is a good idea, I think, for children. If someone is is called the molester, you don't have to look into <laughs> it. Clear, you know. Yeah, you don't have to look into it. If they're not a molester, it's not going to matter. The opinions of children don't matter, but uh, things that happen to children do. So, yeah, if you hear that, stay the fuck away. Also, why are you Trust listening to this podcast? What the hell is wrong with you, kid? <laughs> Get the shit off of here. <laughs> it's probably that same Make a Wish Foundation kid that's making the John Cena <laughs> Fuller movie. I bet he, it is. He just heard that and was like, yeah, you little assholes, get off of here. Yeah, <laughs> These right. guys are going to make piss mattress. Oh, he's on our side still. He knows we're not talking yeah. about him. Bless him. All right, how about this one? What about flower bed? You lay down once, you become a pansy. Ooh. <laughs> what? Flower bed. Flare bed. Flare bed. Lay down once, you become a pansy. So this... Obviously, the 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 audience here is the the thin uh, blue line brigade, the the jacked up t- truck guys. alphas, dude. Alphas. The alphas, yeah, they're gonna watch this and be like, "Oh no, now I gotta worry about where I lay down. I can never find comfort." <laughs> Not if I was suddenly a pansy. No, <laughs> I'd r- I'd rather die than be a pansy. Die of no comfort. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're staying well away from that flare bed. Now, how about this one? Grandfather clock. Ooh, I think whenever like it tolls midnight, it says uh-huh. something like uncomfortably, definitely racist right. at the table yeah. or something. You know? Just okay, so like really uncomfortable. Yeah, like the grandfather died and he's like possessed the clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And the kids thought, oh shit, yeah. Finally, we got you know our, our MAGA grandfather died. <laughs> like we don't have to hear his Fox News shit anymore. And yeah. and then. Oh no! At the strike of twelve, he's like, "Obama wore that tan suit, and I didn't like it. Disrespectful <laughs> to the presidency." <laughs> I think it, it tolls midnight, and it's like, "Bong, bong, lock her up, bong, <laughs> lock her you up, know? <laughs> lock her up." That's a grandfather, grandfather clock. Grandfather clock. Okay, yeah, I I can see how this develops. Like maybe one of the grandkids. Yeah has like a uh a, is gay or something and this is of course gonna escalate grandfather clock he's gonna start mm-hmm. talking when it's not tolling 12 yeah that's right and it, it'll just be like it'll be like you know 4 30 in the afternoon and it'd be like john wayne's what a man looks like i tell you that <laughs> you know ronald reagan was the best president we ever have and will ever have <laughs> Oh man, grandfather clock just makes a home mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I'll tell you that. <laughs> just yeah. like a bar stool, the bar oh, no. stool, Steve. What's it do? You you sit down on it, uh-huh. and then the next day, uh, you've got you've got just just awful party butt, like you've been <laughs> drinking out on the night before, and yeah. your stomach's just real upset. Yes. Okay, yeah, that does, bar stool. That's- terrifying horrifying so yeah, like party okay butt. you you don't earn the party butt though like you're you not sitting on it. the bar stool just slamming them back you're just you're having like uh, oh i'll just have a seltzer and yeah. and the next day you're like well, what's going on Ooh. oh oh party butt no <laughs> bar stool terrifying okay man. terrifying pretty good there's just a lot of possibilities i think out there you know for other other uh household items that could maybe become possessed and do very bad things to a person and i think that that's what this movie really showed us and i want to hear about (laughs) your all's opinions and ideas about what other household items need their own horror movie attached to maybe it's a wardrobe you want to get dressed you're going to war kid wardrobe You just open it up, it's fucking World War I trench warfare going on. Yeah. One of the guys loses a hand, and he just turns to you and he goes, wait till you see the drobe. Oh, dude. Oh, the drobe <laughs> is the worst part. The yeah, war the is war. bad, but the drobe. Wow, that's bad, oh. but the drobe, that'll get you. Yep, yep. Let us know what you guys would uh, see with uh, an armoire, a Heppel White, uh, a buffet, <laughs> any of those things. Let us know about that over on our... A Facebook divan. group, you know? Wait, a divan, that's yeah. not a thing. That's a, that's a, what you call it. Oh, I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't it. know furniture. I grew up with, like, a mom and then, like, also my wife's mom that were, like, very much of the Antiques Roadshow, you know, oh, fan okay. base. Right. And my, my grandfather built furniture and restored oh, antiques. Oh, okay. So I kind of, yeah. I, I, ha- I have too much of a knowledge about this stuff. I don't really know. Yeah, no, it's cool. I, I like... I, I see something it's and I'm cool, like, Steve. oh, that's cool. It's cool to know what <laughs> furniture designs are. I like that. That's a cool thing about you. 
it's really cool to be in a big group of friends and they're they're all like, oh my god, what in the fuck is that? And I'm like, it's a Heppel White. Calm down. It's just a Heppel White. Jesus. I know. Calm down. But they're just <laughs> freaking out. If you don't out. know oh what a Heffel White's called, it will blow your fucking mind when you see it. <laughs> oh, it's it's like an eldritch terror, that that Heppel White, you know? <laughs> if you don't know the what you're Heffel looking White. at. This is a great pitch already. Parameters. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah let us know about your furniture horror concepts over on our facebook group it's the only reason to use that piece of shit website so true. hang out with us and people that are just as cool as you are over there uh-huh. on the furs burke group um also before we get to the movie be sure to rate and review on apple Podcasts and spotify yes. i need more of those in my life those are my bedtime stories i love to to sit down and read them <laughs> bedtime stories of people being like it's cool but I wish they wouldn't talk about politics. I, I love those oh, stories. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well. You know there w- there was two in a row, and I don't know who did them, but god damn it, they're so good. There was two recently that got posted where one guy, I think he gave us like two or three stars, and he's like, "It's a good show, but I tired of hearing about communism and the the perils of uh, uh you know the free marketplace and blah 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 and then like the next review is a guy that gave it five stars and he's like it's a great podcast i never tire of hearing of communism and i love hearing <laughs> about the <laughs> the woes of you know it's like Who, he just inverted the last guy's that's review amazing. entirely whoever did that you are you are very beloved in my heart <laughs> that's yeah, awesome 10 out of 10 <laughs> Fucking killed it. So good, man. So good. So are we going to talk about uh, the cinematic masterpiece or what? The cinematic masterpiece known as Deathbed. The Bed What Eats. Now, I just watched this for the first time uh, last night. And I'll tell you what, dude. You know that you're watching a good movie when... Like, literally the first line of dialogue is so insane and confusing that you and your partner on the couch look at each other and go, what? And rewind it twice to try to catch and decipher what the fuck they're talking about. Because when the movie starts, and it's just, it's the voice of the artist and is like, I've been trapped behind my painting since I died 60 years ago. And you're like, uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> we seriously yeah. rewound it twice to be like, what the fuck is going on here? Dude, I was hooked. This movie, I am telling you, um I, I, I'm I'm gonna just real quick get into the history of this movie and and and, and just talk about why it's so interesting to me that this movie never found distribution in America until 2003. Wow. So this is made by George Barry, who was at Wayne State. He had made a a couple of, like, short films, nothing, like, arduous, nothing really dealing with a crew or anything. Um, And he decided he wanted to make a a feature-length film, um, and he was able to pull together $10,000 and he shot the the film that we see, uh, worked on it over a period of about five years, on and off, kind of like how Peter Jackson did. Uh, uh, Bad taste, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he was 
putting this together and he found a distributor in Europe and the distributor in Europe offered him a thousand dollars to distribute his film, but they wanted him to add credits to it and adding credits to it was going to cost him $3,000. So he decided 1970s money. What? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So he, um, he decided that he didn't want to distribute with them because, you know, it was going to cost him money. Um, and somehow somebody who worked at uh, Portland dis- distribution in, in England uh, leaked it out. Uh, bootleg copies got out, uh, including even a, a Spanish dub version in Spain. And this had like a cult following in Europe throughout the 70s. To, to now um but no one in america had seen it absolutely no one hmm. and so this movie finally got some distribution in 2003 here in america uh and the first time i heard of it and the first time a lot of people heard of it was from Patton oswalt's uh stand-up album werewolves and lollipops right in which yeah. he makes yeah, he makes a, a really like a, a good joke that honestly isn't really about deathbed. Uh, it's he just to- chose a movie with a funny title to make the point that like it's crazy how sometimes people push through and and release these uh, very odd, uh, obviously bad movies. Yeah, and honestly, he, it's kind of like it's not that he's even coming down on the movie that hard. He's yeah. honestly kind of looking at it and being like. Somebody finished a task, and that's more than I can do sometimes. Right. That's yeah. that's cool. Yeah. And obviously, if he had seen Deathbed, he would not have chosen Deathbed as the example. Because Deathbed is not an example of a movie that's so bad it's good. It's an example of a person who could make a really good movie with a bigger budget. Because with $10,000, he was able to make this very interesting campy exploitation fairy tale surreal. horror movie surreal yeah, it's, it's dreamlike dreamy, absurd yeah. it's it's so good if you get past the idea that a movie titled deathbed the bed that eats uh has to be so bad it's good uh because the thing is, is even like titling it that is kind of putting it out on front street right yeah, like this is going to be fucking strange yeah, it's weird. It's it's going to be campy. It, it definitely like, you know, it's it's. Um, he he said his inspirations were uh, the exploitation films of Roger Corman, uh, which obviously we have talked about Corman in the past. He did you know so much stuff to uh, help horror by just really uh, teaching people how to make stuff on very low budgets. Uh, and and really like having tight purse strings and, and doing everything you can to make stupid little movies uh, come to be, which is, you know, an amazing spirit and we love to see it. But he also was inspired by Jack Smith, who people probably know less, who was a, a like underground uh, filmmaker making like queer stuff in 1960s new york he made a movie called the flaming creatures which has like 
um, drag performers and uh, trans people and intersex people portrayed with genitalia out and stuff at times. Wow. And this is surely part it, of like the whole like Warhol scene and shit, right? Yeah, he he inspired Warhol, and he was actually he was actually uh, the uh, he was playing the titular role of Batman in uh, Andy Warhol's Batman Dracula that never Whoa. got finished. Yeah. Um, big inspiration on Andy Warhol. Big inspiration on uh, John Waters. He's considered to be the person who put camp on the map as Holy far cow. as this camp film. So um, his film, though, was was banned. Uh, and, and that was like upheld by the Supreme Court and, and like... It became a a thing where across the country, at different like colleges, people were putting together viewing parties of it because it was banned. Um, and so, those viewing parties were getting raided left and right, and the the prints being seized. Were, like no way, the, the Hang last on. known. Huh? Yeah. Are you saying that banning stuff doesn't make it go away? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, it did kind of cuz the only print that uh, I I I found left that has been like digitized was the University of Michigan print, the print that was seized from uh students at the University of Michigan. Uh interestingly, George Berry is is from Michigan and he clearly must have seen uh the the f- flaming creatures. Um that was the print that has been uploaded to the the internet and it oh. is it's low quality i mean the movie was already uh like low budget and whatnot and it it's not exactly like it, it's non-narrative and it's kind of surreal and in a lot of ways you can see the inspiration to deathbed um this movie is it's intentionally campy like when you see a man stick his hands in a bed and pull them out and they're just the bones <laughs> and he doesn't like scream and, and whatnot. He no just cell has, dude. He has a, a almost zero reaction to it. And then like, he's talking about it so logically and weird and then like asks her to break them off as they're going to fall <laughs> off anyway. Like, I love too that she breaks his hands off and then they're like, we need to leave. And she like pushes him down a dirt hill. <laughs> like yep. He just rolls down that hill. No, but that that's uh, okay. So that's interesting because uh, on my, my most recent viewing, I noticed that the, the artist says that he only half woke her. So she's sleepwalking when she does oh, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When she takes him and drops him off and then does the, the ritual, that's all sleepwalking. As far as I understand. Interesting. Um, but yeah, okay, so the thing is... Uh, oh, gosh. Real quick before we move past the skeleton hands. <laughs> that, that's, we can spend she, as much time on that as we want to. Right. Because it's, it's, it's a amazing. piece of art. <laughs> it is a piece of art. It's amazing. Uh, that's Sharon's brother. and Yes. He is played by William Russ. Did you recognize him? I thought he looked kind of familiar because honestly, he kind of reminds me of my buddy Mark Letary from Snarky Puppy. Oh, I was okay. like, man, he could be his dad. Okay. Um, have you seen uh, a little show with a character named Topanga on it? Yes. You know the 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 dad on Boy Meets World. Oh, Boy Meets World. Yeah, that's that's this guy. That's all skeleton no hands. No fucking yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
Holy yes. shit, I can see it now. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> my God. It is mind-blowing to know. Like, that, that is, adds camp oh. unintentionally. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Yeah, so cool. This is I, blowing my mind. That's him? See, the thing is that, like... <sighs> This was made Holy on $10,000 in 1972 to 77. Well, $30,000 in the post-production. So $10,000 in the filming. $10,000 isn't insignificant. We're, yeah. the, the, uh, uh, Diane uh, Demin Hall and uh, William Russ, who's Sharon's brother, both actors. They, they did other stuff. But beyond that, you also have the artist who's played by Dave Marsh, who was a... Uh, he was the person who kind of coined the term punk rock. He was a uh, a writer for like uh, Rolling Stone and and Cream and and all sorts of like rock and roll magazines. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. So these weren't just randos. These were like yeah, people, this, people, yeah. people in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just think about this. Like, Anna and I were talking about this. Uh, that this is not too far off from the time. That hmm. the Cohen brothers and Sam Raimi are off at Michigan State. Like Michigan had some shit going on. This this was all shot in Michigan. He's from Royal Creek. It was shot like near Detroit. He went to Wayne State in Detroit. Like there's something in the water in Michigan totally. in the seventies that had people making very interesting Crazy horror shit. stuff. Because like mm-hmm. this probably this is, the lead in the water in in Michigan probably might very that. well be it. <laughs> yeah, probably that, lead. They, this is a much smaller budget than Evil Dead. And seeing this movie, knowing he made it on a teeny tiny shoestring budget, there's no reason why, if he had got some distribution, why he wouldn't have been called up by Roger Corman or literally any of the other 80s horror producers who wanted to make movies on shoestrap budgets. Like, this guy would have been on speed dial because he does it well like this is his first time directing a feature length thing and there's obvious moments where it's clear he doesn't know what he's doing but the shots are framed well they're interesting there's like some really cool stuff with like the the little like realm that the artist dwells in behind the the painting i love that yeah that that's one of the things that really showed me that like this is actually somebody that's competent is because the way that the way that the artist is showed behind his his painting that he is trapped behind for eternity for some reason, where like from the outside it's this, well they call it a painting. It's like a fucking ink drawing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like well, it's, it's it's actually uh, it's it's a uh, that would be a print because uh, Aubrey Beardsley who the that is who did the print and that is who the the artist is based off of and they have the exact same like death story and stuff. So yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit about Aubrey Beardsley, but not too much, but yeah, he, he was heavily influenced by like Japanese woodcuts and go Makes look sense. up Aubrey Beardsley's work. It is so fucking good. And he died at 25 <laughs> and his work is outrageous. So but um, those shots that, that where it shows, you know what his little realm looks like behind the painting where it's some kind of, you know, indeterminately sized space. It seems to be some kind of low ceiling, like cube where he's always sitting down or something. But then like from his perspective, it's almost like a, uh, what is it? Like a, what do they call that? Like a one-way mirror, two-way mirror where you can see through Uh one side. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. 
where like from his perspective he can see through it like it's glass but right. no one the ink yeah. the ink is still on it right. like it's like ink yes. on a window or something it it's really looks cool. really cool yeah that, like the effect that effect and the bed like dissolving effect are so good for such a small budget like they go harder than they need to now do, do is it gonna be clear and make a lot of sense to a person watching it the first time through especially knowing the title's deathbed probably not but i'm gonna try to clarify the entire story here in a little bit because dude seriously it, you made yeah. sense of it for me honestly yeah. like you you framed it in a way where i was like actually it makes yes, sense that yeah. is rational yeah, yeah. It, it's just not it, it's done on a very small budget it, if you had more time to shoot which he didn't because he didn't have the money to keep renting all the equipment and stuff but if you had more time to shoot or if he could have gone back and really gotten like everything he needed uh, and you know had the money if he had had the money to put the credits on it for european distribution that would have been enough i feel like like american audiences would eventually have gotten to see it and see more of his work because it, it, it it's clear that he knows what he's doing did he ever make any more movies after this or no was this no okay so yeah real interesting story uh I, i'll just get into it because i i had to do some some digging and, and read some articles but yeah he he was um you know he kind of ended up just shelving it and then became a, a bookseller and opened a bookstore and ran a bookstore in Royal uh, Royal Oak, Michigan, for forty years. Had two kids, Whoa. lovely uh, kids who, who who love him very much. He died very recently, not not too long ago. Um, he in his entire life for like forty years didn't think much of anything about the movie, and then. Apparently, like three thirty in the morning, he was just up on the internet in two thousand one, and saw a a post about Deathbed. And he started reading about it and found out like all these people had seen Deathbed, and he was like, "What the hell happened?" So he he had found out then that it had been bootlegged by Portland Distribution or somebody at Portland Distribution, and and gotten all across Europe and had a cult following. Whoa. And this kind of led to it eventually getting an American release here in 2003. Um, and after he's done a few interviews, but of course, like the thing people know most about Deathbed is the Patton Oswalt bit. And most people don't even remember that because that was mid 2000s, so long ago. Uh, Deathbed is just, he kind of fell through the cracks. Uh, and this guy who, uh, he, you know, he, he, got some minor celebrity near you know the last 20 years of his life that's cool uh somebody made a they like play in uh it was in north carolina um uh an a writer named guinefer roller wrote deathbed the bed that eats uh a play so it was deathbed the the play that eats and it was a mockumentary style play about the making of deathbed and she like sat down and like talked with him and his daughter and stuff and his daughter has also been on some horror movie like forums and answered some questions about the movie from her dad so like oh that's cool <laughs> i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna talk about some of that as as i'm talking about like what's happening in the story in case you know 
I, I think for a lot of people watching this the first time through, it's like, what just happened? I mean, I saw the silly shit. I saw the guy like shooting the bed, uh, but <laughs> like, what the fuck was that movie about? <laughs> that bed gets shot. It gets stabbed. Oh man. It gets upset Tommy at one point. Tommy. Cause it's he's a woman who kind of in the eyes a little looks like another woman. <laughs> You've never seen a movie where where a, a bed drinks a bottle of Pepto Bismol. Clear it's up genius, its upset though. Tommy. That's like Amazing. that's that's Warhol shit though, right? Like he he's doing like a commercial as a joke. Like it's 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 a sort of pop like a like why where did he even get the Pepto? It's it's kind of the silly, silly it's campy in her joke. luggage, dude. It eats her luggage. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it eats her luggage. Why? Like, Amazing. <laughs> so the the story of the movie Deathbed goes like this. So <laughs> sum it up. A demon uh, is is being a breeze, uh, as demons do. This is as a fairy tale. Just listen Blowing. to me and know this is a fairy tale. A demon is being a breeze, and it comes across a fair maiden that it's it uh, is infatuated with. So it takes on human form, uh, but when demons take on human form, their eyes are full of blood. Um, so Obviously. Right. Duh. He builds a bed to fuck this woman in, seduces her, and they fuck. But the demon's dick kills the woman. There's just some sort of, you know, she's too good and he's too evil type of thing, and it just kills her. Uh, too much of a good thing, I say. Right. Mm-hmm. When she dies... He cries tears of blood. Those tears of blood seep into the bed. The bed then becomes the bastard offspring of a demon's blood tears and this dead woman. Obviously. Right. What else would happen? (laughs) Now, the demon doesn't know that it's connected to the bed. The demon thinks it's having nightmares. When it has nightmares... The bed has the power to eat people. Yes. Uh-huh. So, the the bed eats the family of <laughs> the bed eats the family of the fair maiden from before. Uh-huh. Um and whole then, family. And you know yeah. there's a baby in the family because there's a tombstone that says baby Blake. Baby Blake, baby. that's right. Ate he ate a baby. a baby. Uh much like fat bastard. This bed yeah. ate a baby. Then and before it's cool. <laughs> Before it was cool, even yeah. <laughs> you know who really got ahead of that curve? Very much, Al- Albert Fish. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh, Jesus, no! Oh. Don't look oh. that up if you don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I, okay, so that that's the story of the fairy tale. Then the story is connected by the next person who moves into this house. Uh, the the bed is kind of asleep, so he he is basically dying on this bed of tuberculosis, and um, as, as he is near death, the bed, I guess, wakes up and and begins to eat him. But instead of eating him, um, it, it resurrects him in a, a dimension behind his painting. So sometimes it does yeah. that. Mm-hmm. He is he is physically resurrected, but he is behind the painting in another dimension. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Okay. And Obviously. So, right. Duh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and so it continues on its eating journey where it eats a servant girl and it eats a couple of uh, mafia guys who are just hanging out on the bed playing cards together. Oh, my God. <laughs> it eats a preacher or a priest. It eats an old lady who is um, reading Candid Press, uh, a weekly adult magazine, uh, where it's um, the, the cover story was it. What was it? Was it les- lesbian oral lesbians? Kisses? Oral lesbians. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's oral lesbians, big butts, bazooms, cracks. Um, <laughs> that's real. That's not made for the um, for the for the movie. That is a, that's a real magazine. Yeah. Um, uh, she's also reading Henry Miller's Tropic of Cancer uh, with a both, body book. Yeah, a body body book. Yeah. Uh, those get consumed. Also, there's uh, a guy who's claiming to be a doctor to scam uh, impotent men out of their money by running something similar to a sex worker thing going on, but like uh, they're using the bed and they electrify the bed, I guess, to give it vibration, and somehow this does fix someone's impotence. So then... Uh, that re- wasn't clear. Yeah, <laughs> a religious, quote unquote, religious organization wants to have an orgy on the bed, and then they have an orgy on the bed, and the doctor, the quote unquote doctor, and his um, his uh, uh, comely assistant also join the orgy, and they all get eaten, um, much like a shunting sort of situation almost. Um, and then finally, we get to our opening. Where we see two people who <laughs> a lot have, of history, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where mm-hmm. we see two people who have uh, brought uh, uh, just drawn randomly out of the hat picnic to sleep. Like all of these people are just cool with sleeping in a random bed. Every I guess one of so. them. Yeah. Every one of them. Uh, so he- I love too the, the opening couple, dude. It's like. These are adults. It's not like right. they were like fucking teenagers that were nope. like, oh, we can't Just be in my home. parents' house. I yeah. found a place we can shag or whatever. It's right. like, these are, these are grown-ass adults that uh-huh. are like, I'm going to drive us all the way here to this abandoned place so we can fuck on this big bed. Also, I brought some chicken and apples. <laughs> <laughs> yes, two apples, an already opened bottle of wine, and a bucket of chicken. That's what you bring <laughs> to fuck your girlfriend in the creepy basement of a, an abandoned mansion. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Um so that they, that couple gets killed and then we have our intro to our characters. You got Diane, you've got Susan, and you've got Sharon. Now yeah. Diane and Sharon are a lesbian couple. It's not stated outright. It's not stated like outright. you don't outright. see them like yeah. making out or anything, but yeah. you're right. The language is definitely there. Yeah, they're a lesbian couple. They they uh, there's, um, it's, it's clear to Susan who invited herself along on this trip and almost immediately caught that that wasn't the vibe once they got yeah. on the trip. Uh, oh man, because her inner dialogue is amazing. She's it like, is. I'm yeah. pretty sure they all hate me, but I invited <laughs> myself here. Maybe if I act like I'm sick, they'll take me home. They have right. to take me home. This sucks. Like yeah. her inner dialogue is so sad. They, they get to, yeah, they get to the bed and like. Uh, she's like Diane is like, yeah, well, we can all three sleep on this bed, and she's like, no, 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 I'll sleep on the floor, or I'll sleep now, and you guys can sleep later. Uh, it's it's clear she's homophobic. She's worried that like, oh no, a lesbian. She'll obviously want to kiss me. Um, but th- then uh, she gets killed. 
and the the uh the brother comes to save the sister save by the way that family clearly uh thinks that her sexuality is a mental illness and that's yeah. what's going on the, by the way the, uh, the fact that they're lesbians is confirmed by uh the uh, 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 what's his name uh george barry's daughter Mm. It has been confirmed that, that he he intended them to be lesbians because he ha- he shot a scene where they met in a lesbian bar. It's just oh cut from yeah it was cut from the final thing. So, um, so then uh yeah the uh so Sharon's brother shows up. It's it's Corey's dad from uh, Boy Meets World, and uh, <laughs> God, that's weird. As as he's I guess on his way, Diane, who seemed like she was going to be our final girl uh gets like dragged into the bed but drags herself out almost getting away uh until it wraps her around with the sheet pulls her back in uh then um all this while the artist is waiting for his moment uh to uh break this this by having someone perform the ritual so the death of diane breaks sharon to the point she's catatonic so he's kind of able to manipulate her later. Sharon's brother gets there, sticks his hands in the bed. They turn into skeleton hands, which further solidifies that she's just out of it. Uh, and then the artist, uh, uh, you know, makes her sleepwalk and move her brother and then perform the ritual. And then the resurrected love from the beginning she shows up, grabs the brother, throws him into a protective circle, it looks like. And then the bed catches on fire and you can hear a baby crying. Just confirmation that this bed was the child of this demon and this, this, uh, uh, woman. Um, and, uh, the end. Oh, the artist gets, gets released and he says, I'm telling you, if the movie didn't make any sense to you before all that, Uh it definitely does now. I, yeah, I don't know how you could have make any all questions. the sense of the world. <laughs> any questions? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, now, here's I the like thing, though. Like, the way you phrased it to me yeah. earlier uh-huh. that made this all really click for me. Like, with yeah. all this wild ass shit, where, like you said, this all started when a demon became a breeze and uh, uh-huh. killed a woman and his tears and blah, blah, blah. Like, you look at this as a movie and you're like, what the fuck kind of shit were they smoking while they made this? But at the same time, if you read this in a Grimm's fairy tale, like original version of that shit, uh-huh. it fits right the fuck in. It absolutely does. And it also fits in with the surrealist avant-garde cinema of the underground uh, uh, cinema days of, of just like uh, the people he, he liked, specifically Jack Smith, uh, the stuff that they would do is is much more interesting it may not flow perfectly as a narrative or or fit immediately as as like a a, a story from today but it's interesting to watch it is visually interesting and it, it's because it throws in the camp element and you know it's the movie is okay with you laughing it's fine with that. Like, there's no reason why a guy would have skeleton hands and then just hold them up and look at them. And it's I so goddamn it. funny looking. It's and ridiculous, dude. It's ridiculous. It's just like fucking Party City skeleton hands sticking out of his yes. sleeves. And oh my God, man. It, it's it's hysterical. And then when he comes to that realization where he's like, 
you have to break my hands off of me. Yeah. <laughs> she just like snaps his little hands off <laughs> and he's like, well, that's that now, that's I guess. That. No more fucking damn, hands for man. me, I guess. <laughs> I love that scene when his hands are like in the bed and they're dissolving and shit. I'm like, oh, this is that ripe meat off the bone that Gimli told us about, dude. <laughs> ripe meat off the bone. Ripe yeah. meat off the bone. Yeah, it's delicious looking, sure. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that like there's so much... There's so much to laugh about that, and, and the title of it very much is funny. It's funny. Deathbed, the bed that eats. Uh, there's so much to laugh about, and it's it's got a funny title, and it has clearly funny moments. That it's weird to me to see it lumped in with movies like Troll 2, where yeah. <sighs> Troll 2, uh, Troll 2 is, is not hard to watch i mean it's not good but at the very least it's watchable but it it's not it's not like it's not extremely well shot it's not like interestingly done the story's not got any depth like troll 2 is so bad it's good this is is just good with limitations yeah i think so i think so man including like dude the, the acting and stuff at times in this is so fucking bad that it's it's hysterical but it mm-hmm. all seems so intentional like with the no cells man you mentioned that part yeah. earlier in the movie where like there's the two gangster guys that uh-huh. are sitting on the bed playing cards like gangsters do <laughs> let's just hang it on the bed bro yeah dude play some <laughs> cards so they're like they're playing cards and they start getting eaten by the bed and the one guy's reaction is just to be like i guess i'll shoot it and like he has this revolver and he just kind of like jabs it in the air and yeah. there's like gun sound effects but like yeah. there's no there's no muzzle flash there's <laughs> no no recoil it's just like, nothing he he might as well have just pointed it at the bed and been like bang bang and that like said it out loud like it's as effective <laughs> and then like after he gets eaten the other guy who looks like like fucking the young iron sheik is sitting there on the bed <laughs> and he's like oh my god i'm being eaten like he he sells it less than that it's amazing and also he's like he's doing the gun but no sound effects this time yeah just gun (laughs) just gun just Just like gun in it moving gun around that'll do it (laughs) holy shit it's so fucking and that priest dude that priest is hysterical yes he is (laughs) he's got like such a weird little voice (laughs) yeah he does dude and here's another thing about the movie that i thought was like so bizarrely funny what the fuck is up with the soundtrack in this movie the soundtrack is Mm -hmm. unbelievably bad it sounds like you took anybody off the street and they're like hey we have a a a fucking organ in here you want to make a movie soundtrack and they're like i don't play they're like well i'm not too worried about that the soundtrack is abysmal uh yeah what the I mean, fuck is going on well i mean who would, who would you pay you got ten thousand bucks like yeah <laughs> i uh, i don't know man i like i i feel like there's elements that are bad uh but there's times when i think people might be like oh that's bad and i'm like actually no it's just reinforcing the the feel of the movie like Whenever they're bleeding, when they're getting like uh, eaten by acid, yeah, it, it, that doesn't happen. Like, like yeah, it just the acid would be eating the, the blood as well. Uh, Man, homegirls <laughs> bleeding through the denim. 
Like she, that she's denim ain't even soaking up that jeans. blood. I think her jeans are a part of her. <laughs> <laughs> and that crawl, dude, that crawl that is like real time, like five minutes of just her crawling away, grunting and yeah. groaning. Dude, that lasts forever. It, lasts it is like forever. that fucking scene in Austin Powers where that guy's uh-huh. about to get run over by the steamroller and he's just but, like, ah. <laughs> and the first, the first time watching it, I was like, Jesus, why is it so long? And then this next time watching it, I was like, fuck, she's a badass. Like, like right now, get down on the ground and try to drag yourself around with just your arms, like dead weight in your legs. She was doing it's that true. for that long. <laughs> that was badass. <laughs> like, that was some good dedicated acting that, like, I, I guess, like, as a director, he probably was like, fuck, I have to include it. Like, she went all out, like. Can't and then just, I even love like whenever she gets grabbed by the bed sheet and they just film that in reverse and uh-huh. then like shot it the other way. Yeah, it's um, good. like that. That's again like that's Sam Raimi shit. And they did yeah, that with is. a bunch yeah. of other parts in the movie where the bed like remakes itself or like the blood soaking into the sheets and stuff. Right. Like, they just yeah showed it in reverse. Yeah, that's really cool, fun stuff. It is. It's creative. And so I hadn't really considered until i read that roger corman was one of his inspirations but this seems to be inspired somewhat by little shop of horrors the Hmm. the way the bed kind of is like audrey too in some ways yeah exactly that yeah it's that that way that it like shot the sheet out was the time that it really hit me like Audrey too, like because Audrey too kind of does like with the, the tentacle, th- not tentacle, I guess tendril since it's a plant. But yeah, it, it's real cool. It's interesting that it's a bed. You know, it's not meant to be. I don't think it's meant to be. Like every single person that lays in the bed, like every time my thought is, who? Why would you do that? Like, yeah. <laughs> you just came across a random bed. You're like, oh, I'll lay in this. Love bed bugs. Here's the thing, though, man. If you're a character in like a JRPG, you don't even question it once. No. It's like, here's a bed. Would you like to rest? Yes. Because uh, it save. recovers all your stats, right. dude. Restores everything. <laughs> they're just looking to fucking refill their MP is all they're trying to do. Absolutely. That's it. That's why they're they got, also they eating got random fucking, foods. But yeah. Yeah. They, they got to fucking get the, uh, the blacksmith's horse back to them, dude. Right. They have to. <laughs> I love there are two weird picnics in this. The second one has oranges, pickles, another jarred substance that we don't know what it is, a bottle oh, yeah. of port, cheese. Um it, it's it's very interesting that they thought like, well we, we the characters would probably bring a picnic up to this abandoned mansion they decided to go on a date to. Sure. <laughs> Twice that happens. <laughs> Well, you know, this is before the days of, of charcuterie. This was proto oh, yeah. This yeah. is the early protocurian yeah. age. So that's what you get, man. <laughs> Did you see a mimosa? I think not. No, you're right. You're right. I didn't see a mimosa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hadn't yeah. perfected it yet, man. Dude, I love that, like, yeah, like our first couple in there, they have their little, their little you know, bag lunch picnic with the two apples, the bottle of wine, and a bucket of chicken. And the bed eats the chicken, leaves the bones. Yeah, it doesn't like bones. Somehow, like, puts the bones back in the bucket. Right, yeah. Well, okay, so, like, there's things it seems like it it doesn't want to eat. 
And then the things that it does eat, even though it can't digest them, so it sends them to the artist's dimension. So like, oh, yeah. What is the digestive things. tract here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the that that's like he's wearing all those rings on his fingers, and then he tells us the story of each of the people that got killed by the bed for him to get those rings and then he gets uh he ends up with diane's cigarettes he says he hasn't smoked in 70 years so like he he gets stuff from the bed and it's interesting it's like the bed he and the bed have this interesting relationship because the bed didn't consume him it liked him in some way like it wanted it's almost like the bed saw him as as an artist and thought i am also an artist like i want you to see my work Mm mm-hmm and that I don't know that that's an interesting dynamic. I mean, when, when we're talking about uh, the artist, like as I said, he's he's essentially Aubrey Beardsley. That's you know what what was intended here. And Aubrey Beardsley, um, like Aubrey Beardsley was was in the circle with like Oscar Wilde and a lot of other uh, queer writers of the 1890s in in England. So. His sexuality, of course, is, is a little like uh, ambiguous. We're not sure exactly where he was with that, and he died at twenty-five. Uh, but the character we see, we see the character with painted nails and wearing a bunch of rings and stuff. And I feel like he's coded somewhat as, at the very least, queer. Uh, and the, and the whole film tends to have this like queerness and and sex heaviness, like. It, it's very much like using sexploitation elements, but not to the degree that most sexploitation films would. I mean, we see some, we definitely see boobs, but like we, it doesn't get super raunchy or ever get real deep into like a, an actual sexual like scene going on. So yeah, I, it's, it's interesting how he, he kind of like walks a line there without, going too hard at it but we also like as i said you know we have lesbian characters here we have like um you know there there's there's something going on obviously with the the big orgy that happens outside in a bed um there there there's definitely like the concept that a a bed can be deadly is there right like but this is pre hiv like we have not gotten to the point of, of of the gay cancer yet. Like they don't. There's been no cases as far as we know. So the idea that like of associating the bed and death with all this queerness, like it, it would make sense to connect those things, but they're not there. So we got to like rely back on the old connection of of death and, and sex, right? Of just like you know the little death. Um, but then there's not really like a lot there on that theme. And I think that's interesting that the movie is is like it's dealing with a lot of kind of complex things and being a little like, you know, surreal and avant-garde and whatnot. But it's not like making a statement in in much of a way other than, you know, pushing boundaries on on like what you can show as far as queerness in 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 film and stuff. But it's it's really not even pushing those boundaries too much. So it it really just kind of you know, as a cultural artifact is interesting and, and the result of, of, of a lot of like exploitation films and stuff that go harder and whatnot, what it, it really brings is that fairy tale element and that surreal, like dreamlike quality to it. 
Very much so. Yeah. You do see that in 70s porn as well, though. So, I, you know, it's interesting. The drugs like, were good back then. Steve. They really the were. were and, good. and the and the the lead was just free flowing. It was just like put it right in your veins, you know. Giving you all the good ideas. <laughs> we still had some of that that MK Ultra stuff left over hitting the streets, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> everybody was riding the wave, man. I love the scenes in this and how they chose to shoot the bed eating people and stuff. How it just cuts yeah. to this yellow acid vat and stuff falling into it and like i even love the way that it's this like extra dimensional space where it clearly shows us the bed yeah exactly it's like bigger on the inside it's like a fucking tardis in that thing full of you know fucking skin consuming acid i guess Uh because it shows us distinctly like there's an under the bed and it's a void under there the mattress isn't that thick but it can still somehow absorb like full bodies and turn them into skeletons and you can even be absorbed from the underside like diane is right she sucks from under the bed up in there like i love that it's this like weird unexplainable extra dimensional space just like the artist quarters back there too is like he's in the wall or something i guess like it plays with dimension in a cool way yeah yeah it's like yeah it's like this very tiny dimension that is just that cube of space uh, yeah, I love I love that bit. Like it, it, it's it's dreamlike in that way, and and this was like um, get, uh, George Barry was like he had a dream of of beds just kind of consu- like you know being in a bed. I guess can you imagine like a fold out bed just suddenly folding up on you, like Ooh. eating you? Like that was kind of what the dream was like. But then in the writing, it became something even more. Um, but I. I think that like the the dream element cannot be overlooked. Like any time that things are weird, it's probably intentional. Like he's really going for that surreal. Like you said, you said earlier uh, when we were talking about it before, you said Dada almost like where it's yeah. just like absurd, absurdist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I I think that like. Looking at it from that that angle and whatnot, this is just a successful film. Like it, it does what it's trying to do, and it, it's maybe you know the the budget constrained it, and and you know all sorts of things stopped it from being what it could have been. But you can say the same thing about bad taste. And let me go back and listen to the the Joe Ag Takeover episode where we talked about bad taste on on this show. It, you know. As much as I like the the spirit of bad taste, it you know could very easily be improved, and that could be said for this movie, which just proves to me that the director could have done more. He could have done a whole lot more with with you know a little bit of a budget. Give him a you know a little bit of a budget and an eighties like one of those weird Freudian psychological thrillers. Like, I don't know, don't go in the house or something like that. He fucking oh, killed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, yes. I would have loved to have seen what else this guy could have done. It's almost like when you, uh, you know, when, when you research about like the guy that did the original Sleepaway Camp, and you're like, why the fuck didn't this guy really? do anything Seriously. else? Like, he just got all his ideas out in one fell swoop. I know, what the it fuck sucks. happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, because, yeah, because we could have, we could have definitely had a couple more at very least films from that guy that would have been 
God damn. I mean, Sleepaway Camp is a masterpiece. <laughs> like, and to, to, to think of it that way, it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, what we're looking at, Deathbed, uh, I, I really like it. I, I acknowledge the flaws and stuff, and I understand if you just go into it, seeing it as a joke, it's fine. I mean, it's funny as hell. There's just, like, weird shit that happens. It's really funny. Um, but just like, you know... Just like any of these other, like Peter Jackson, who of course got to go on to stuff, uh, you know, and, and as you said, the the maker of Sleepaway Camp and stuff. And this time, just like there were people making independent stuff. I mean, look at uh, Romero made uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre '74. Like people were coming out of college and making something independently, and it turning into something way more. And this isn't that like it's not going to ever be night of the living dead or texas chainsaw massacre no matter how many people see it because it has way more flaws than those do and it is way far less, less comprehensible yeah. and yeah like the you know we're not seeing necessarily a hero's journey in this movie no <laughs> so Mm-mm. yeah so th- this can't be judged on that same level but when looking at it at what as what it is is kind of surreal avant-garde low 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 budget movie that was made largely by one person who just really fucking pushed it through and and made sure all this stuff happened like that's it's it's pretty fucking cool for that right it's pretty fucking rad for for that category of film yeah, and at least it might take off with the mukbang community and all them chewing sounds that this movie has, Jesus. including the opening, which is just a black screen and chewing. 53 seconds of loud-ass apple chomps. Just good Rough God. audio. Me- like, I, I, Misophonics, just like, it, it, skip that 53 seconds. You're not missing anything. It's no, just literally that. Nothing. Uh, yeah, that that was a bad way to go, I feel like, because... <laughs> Even I was sitting there like, seriously? It's still going. But then to go from that to that opening line that is just... Dude, like I was telling Kate, I was like, if this was just some random book that I picked up at a bookstore, oh yeah, I'd and be sold. I read that first line, first page, and it's like I've been trapped behind my painting since I died sixty years ago. I'd be like, okay, I'm fucking buying uh-huh. this. <laughs> what the fuck is this, this, man? Uh-huh. I would be hooked, man. Yeah. I wonder even too about like how much stuff this influenced because I swear, man, like with those. Those like acid pool scenes, especially like during the orgy where there's like all those people that end up in the acid and everything's like floating through there all slowly or uh-huh. whenever we see uh, that first chick, whenever like, you know, we see her, her head turn to a skull with the hair on it and shit. Uh-huh. I swear it reminded me so much of those scenes where the the witch goes into the pond in fucking Hagazusa. It reminded me so oh, okay. much of that. You remember well, what I'm I mean, talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that that's absolutely a possibility. As I said, it has a cult following in Europe. So any any film post-77 that you think might have been influenced by it, it's possible. Like, it, it was out there on bootleg, and people were interested in seeing it. So, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, and I can see that connection, yeah. Yeah. Dude, going into this, like, I, I had no idea what this was other than... I feel like just through, you know, probably 
browsing YouTube or whatever, I had gotten the impression that this is one of those like legendarily bad movies, like Monos, right. The Hands of Fate, uh, uh-huh. Plan Nine from Outer Space. Right. Like, it's one of those movies you see mentioned in the same breath as stuff like that. And some of those movies can be, you know, a, a really rough watch where you're just like, God damn, this is fucking terrible. This is a piece of shit. Like, I don't uh-huh. care about anything that's going on. I'm bored, whatever. This movie was so strange and surreal and absurd like i was always excited to see what the fuck was going to happen next right. like there was yeah. there was no point in this in the entire what like 70 something minute runtime 80, 87 minutes yeah barely a movie uh-huh. there was no point where i was bored or like checking my phone it totally passed the phone test dude totally yeah, passed the absolutely. phone test yeah no i i we watched this long ago on the screaming chat and like oh it, it's not really like like screaming chat is not a place to come watch a movie. <laughs> we aren't watching the movie. Uh so I remember just crazy shit happening and being like, huh, all right, well that's a weird movie. Watching it for this, and I'm I'm so glad that John just stuck with this in the bowl for it's been more than two years for sure. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Wow, that's I'm glad commitment. it was in there because yeah, having to sit down and watch this and really fucking reckon with it, like I ended up doing so much research on this because I was just so interested in hearing what what was going on. Where did this come wh- from? Yeah, yeah, like and, and and to know that the man who made this and and definitely had the potential to make a lot of other great horror movies just ended up. Having a nice life where he sold books, that's also cool too. So at least it's not like a sad ending where he was like, oh, it was his masterpiece and then he turned to heroin. <laughs> like, no, nah, he just made a movie and then he was like, oh, I guess that's. That over. was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I did something. That's more yeah. of a movie than I've ever made. You that's know? true. Absolutely. It is. It is. It is a good bit more of a movie than I have actually made myself. So but fucking way I, to go. I enjoyed it, dude. Like, I. Again, it might blow a lot of people's mind to hear this because, like, if you go on like IMDb and stuff, the the ones far outweigh the tens on this movie. I know. Like, oh yeah. my god, people dump all over it. But you know, if you're going in expecting some kind of like linear ass story, like a Texas Chainsaw right. or a Maniac or something else, kind of from this era, it's like, well, no, it's definitely. It's not that whatsoever, but like you said, it is an interesting cultural artifact yeah. from this time where people are just going for it and trying weird stuff. And the thing is, is like you had to try pretty hard to make a fucking movie back then, dude. It's not like now where you could you could decide in a day with your friends, like, hey, let's make a right. shitty movie. I'll film it on my iPhone and right. edit it on my fucking iPad. Like anybody can do that now. You had to really give a shit and organize and strategize uh-huh. to make a fucking movie in the late seventies on such a low budget. So it right. shows that there was some level of, of care and intent and craftsmanship with this. And I think yeah. it's interesting just to look at from that perspective. And like you said, if you look at it as a typical European folktale, it makes just as much sense as that shit guys. Absolutely. If you've never read like the original written stories of little red riding hood, and oh, Snow sure, White, yeah. uh-huh. uh, Hans, my hedgehog, Bluebeard, yeah. any of that stuff. It is so, bonkers nightmarishly uh-huh. surreal that like david lynch would blush reading this <laughs> stuff it's yeah. so strange and you don't bat an eye at it because well it's a folk tale it's a fairy tale whatever but in this you watch it and you're like this makes no sense i don't like it 
No, give it the same allowance that you give yeah. fairy tales and folk tales, and you'll probably get into it a lot more. Yeah, and honestly, like, you know, I I read uh, a summary of it, and I was like, oh, that is what happens in the movie. Just go read the Wikipedia summary of it, and it pretty much will give you, oh, here, here are the main events. But then if you watch it, like, knowing the main events, you can start seeing, oh, here's what's, at, like, here are the things behind the scenes motivating everything and pushing things. Like, it really does feel like... Uh, a, a fairy tale that has a very fairy tale ending. And it's interesting that, <laughs> um, so the, uh, I found, uh, a forum post from George Berry's daughter, um, where, uh, she answered some questions by asking her dad, this is from like 2007. Um, and the, uh, question about the ending she said that uh, her dad loves happy endings, so in his mind, uh, the brother with no hands survives, and uh, he and the resurrected woman uh, become boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> so, but I kind of read it, and she she said she kind of read it, and I, I agree with this. They kind of read it as they they also burnt up at the end. Um, because that seemed to be what was going on. They got ended yes. up surrounded with flames or whatever. But I kind of then thought, well, okay, if that's what he kind of intended, you can see that it looks like they may be in some sort of protection circle there at the end. Like, it looks like they are encircled by something. Uh, and maybe that's what, you know, she was grabbing him to pull him into that. Um, I I do just love, though, that the ending, like, you get the, the bed on fire, you hear the sound of a baby crying, the flashes of the demon's eyes and stuff, like... It's so eraserhead, yeah. dude. It's yes. so fucking grating and weird. Yes. Yes, it is. And, yeah, I... I man, I don't know. I, I really enjoy this movie. I don't know how to rank it, but I, I, I enjoy it. I know, right? Yeah, it is kind of hard to put, like, a number on it, because... I enjoyed it and I enjoy talking about it and I totally right. want to show it to other people. Absolutely. But like, would I say it's like one of my favorite movies because it tells such a story or it has things I related to or whatever? It's like, well, no, <laughs> not, no. not really. Like, no. <laughs> I feel like I feel like for me, if I'm gonna like rate it and like put a number on it, I'm gonna say. God, I mean, it made me happy to watch it because it's just ridiculous, yeah. and that's how I it's rate fun. stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna say like a six, <laughs> which I that's know what is I like was gonna say that's fair, way I think, higher right? than than like respected horror movies that we've rated on this show. I know I've rated other stuff way lower than that that are like yeah. legit horror movies or whatever, but they uh, yeah. weren't as fun and interesting as this to me. I think. <laughs> Maybe we're always rating a movie for what it is. Like, I'm not necessarily relate rating movies in contention with one another, but right, for yeah. what this is, for the low budget, for like what it's aiming for and stuff, yeah, it's above average. Like, it's, it, you know, you don't see a lot of student films or first time films uh, made on such a low budget in a time when, yeah, you're using film stock and not just shooting on a phone or whatever. Like, he, I think he, did an honest to goodness good job and i had a fun time watching the movie so yes yeah, totally six. agree totally yeah. agree man uh we want to know what you guys think about this flick over on our uh, social media feeds our instagrams our facebook group our twitter 
all the places you guys can find us on them, Al Gore interwebs. You can use our Linktree <laughs> page to find that as well as mm-hmm. find our Patreon page where, hey, guess what? If you like what we do and you're like, man, I'm just dying to throw money at these boys, but I can't stuff the money into my phone and get it to them. Well, listen, we've got a place for you. It's called Patreon.com. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash Patreon. dead and lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on over there, become a patron on any level, and you get access to the Patreon exclusive episodes. If you become a patron on a five dollar level, you get to throw a movie into the smoke and bowl, and then we randomly Ooh. draw from that smoke and bowl once a month, and we cover the movie like we just did with Deathbed as John Latour put it in the bowl. Hell yeah, he did. It was a Latour de Force. It was. It was a Latour de Force. <laughs> I wonder if next he's going to put in American Werewolf in Paris and it's going to be a Latour de France. What do you think about that? <laughs> huh? What do you think? I sure hope he so. He might do it just so we can make that joke again because it's that <laughs> I good. I hope he does. I hope so. It's a damn. Got to hear it again. Got to hear it again. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> yep. So yeah, support the show over there on the Patreon page and all that shit. And, uh, yeah, be sure to, to tune in next week. We're going to be having ourselves a little bit of June time summer fun. We're going yeah. right near the beach. We're going to get in the water. And, oh, oh, I just put a toe on the water. I'm getting nibble, nibble, nibbled on. Oh, That's right. and something, something is coming at me in a, a dimension that is the third one. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, what is happening to me? Oh, my God, what's that in the sky? A lady with her tits out. It's Piranha 3D. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude. That's uh, going to be a fun one. Yeah, we, we, We've skipped the first two. Uh, I, listen, I've, it's fine. I've seen the first two. We'll talk about them maybe sometime because James Cameron did the second one right or whatever. And But whatever. The Piranha third 3D, one, dude. come on! I, Piranha 3D is a fucking masterpiece. So I am excited. Yeah, dude. If you don't like to have a good time, this is the wrong movie. Wait, <laughs> that's right. That right? You it's said a good that. Time. Absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, be sure to tune in. Then we'll be having ourselves some summer fun with a Piranha 3D, and uh, I'll be Uncle Ben, and I'll be Hollywood Steve. Watch out for that bed. Don't let it eat you up now. <laughs> Don't eat you chicken up. on some strange bed. How about that? You see yeah. a strange bed out in a, a basement of an abandoned house and you got a bucket of chicken? Just move on. Just move on with your bucket of chicken. There's something so appealing about a bucket of chicken. Now, there I really never is. go to like a KFC. Right. I never do any of that stuff. But whenever yeah. I see a bucket of fried chicken with that little paper lid on it. I'm like, man, that seems like a great meal right there. Absolutely. Anyway, fried chicken. I'm going to go to KFC and get a Pepsi. Bye. All right, now listen here. You know I got me one of them Apple internet phones, one of them iPhones you hear about, right? Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Internet phones. Well. That's, that's right. That's what we call it. Them things come preloaded with all kind of things on there that you hardly ever explore. And I went to digging around on there the other day, and mm. I found something on there I thought would just plumb, plumb wild. I'll tell you what. Okay. All right. What is it? I, I, I can't wait to hear it. Listen, I ain't really snooped around that much, but as near as I can tell... It's a device that tells you how many M 
child diddlers a day you meet. I think okay. it's got some way to track them because my phone come built in with some kind of pedo meter built into it. You know what I mean? It's got a pedo yeah. meter. It tra- it tracks them and it tells uh-huh. you how many you run into it. And you know, I uh-huh. live in that big old sinful liberal Knoxville, Tennessee city, and it's just uh-huh. man. I'll tell you what, it's about full of them because apparently. I run into thousands of them a day. I think partially because I, I walk by a church pretty often when I walk in puppy dogs. But there's a, there's everywhere around That's here. That's probably what it is. That's probably what it is. Now, huh? Now thousands of them, Steve. Just Pedos a pedo everywhere. meter, and and you're mm-hmm. saying thousands. Do you yeah. even? I mean, I guess it's possible in a big city to to potentially see thousands of people every day, but. I don't know, man. It seems how are they all pedos? They hiding in the sewers. They're hiding in the trees. I mean, I don't necessarily <laughs> see t- all of them, but that knows that they's there. It's got them tracked. You know what I mean? But listen, here's a fucked off thing about the whole what thing, is right? It? Let's hear it. There's been a couple of days, and I can't figure out the morality of what they're trying to say here. There's uh-huh. been a couple of days I run into over ten thousand of them monsters. Huh. And my phone plum congratulates me. Is that it. right? It's like, oh, you reached over ten thousand. Good for you. It's good for your heart. It says. Wow. What is that about? Tim what Cook. is that about? Holy shit! You know this guy. He's got the pedometer on there. He's congratulating you on how many you've seen. Huh? Check the flight log, right? Yeah. What's that about? How come it's a congratulations? I think it ought to be a warning. Warning. Move. Get out of town. Hide your kids. <laughs> Tens thousands of pedos you run into today well, I bet, only. I I mean unrelated. I bet you're looking pretty svelte after ten thousand pedos a day. Well, you know I do look pretty appealing, but I ain't worried about it because I'm too <laughs> old for what days after. You know what I mean? I've it's never true. been young. I never it's have. True. Uh, I'm just. <laughs> I am imagining the person who saw the pedometer and really believes that. And as they're walking, just seeing the number going up and looking at everyone suspiciously, like, "Who the fuck yeah. is it?" <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> Pedometer. Pedometer. <laughs> Brought to you by Apple. Mm-hmm. 